0: Hey everyone, Eric Watson here, freelance writer, player of games, writer of words, recorder of videos, and tabletop role-playing aficionado. Welcome to the DM Roundtable for November 2021. This is a chance for patrons and I to get together and discuss topics in tabletop RPGs, and by sharing our ideas, thoughts, and experiences, we can all become better DMs or GMs. The DM Roundtable discussions are open to all patrons at every level of patreon.com slash roguewatson. You don't even have to be an active participant. You can jump in here and lurk to your heart's content, and we are glad to have you. This month's topic, as determined by the Patreon poll, is madness. Although D&D is geared more towards epic fantasy than cosmic horror, madness is a narrative and mechanical tool that DMs can inflict upon the player characters, reflecting a particularly harsh environment, or a nasty enemy, or a personal trauma. How and when do we use short-term, long-term, indefinite, or other kinds of madness in our campaigns? Joining me this month's DM Roundtable, we have Stan...
1: Hello.
0: Kyle. Hello. Brandon. Hello. And a special guest. You may know her as. Shit, what's her character's names? Which one? <laughs> Bryce's. Uh, Miri. Bray. Uh, Kales. Or a DM of several of our one shots, my amazing wife, Heather
2: no you don't have to sleep on the couch now yes
0: uh so by the way uh if you're wondering where the october dm roundtable is we do not have one so you are correct in skipping ahead to november if you're watching this after the fact um we already previously discussed horror on another dm round table so i want to specifically stick to madness and as my wife is looking through right now i have the book of the dungeon master's guide please flip to the page of your book Page 258 in the Dungeon Master's Guide is where they actually discuss the madness rules. Um, I guess I want to open things up by asking if, uh, I'll start with Stan, since you were here first, um, if you have employed specifically the madness rules that are in D&D 5E in any way in your games.
1: I I have used the rules as written one time. All right. everything else has been modified from there it was we tried it once and it was like for that one particular situation that one particular player it worked out pretty well um but it's like we can do better than this and so moved off to doing more custom stuff after that
0: okay i'm gonna ask about that as a follow-up after we go through um kyle do you have any experience with the rules as written madness rules from the dungeon master's guide
3: I have never used any of those in my games, nor have I had them put on me in any other games, but I am looking forward to using them in my next, it just so happens that my next time that my group meets, there could be indefinite madness
0: Ooh. going on. Going full bore. <laughs> uh, Brandon slash Uh
4: have you used yeah, the official uh, rules? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, kind of like Stan. I think one time it was from Tomb of Annihilation and I used it in two different sections. Um, and it worked out really well for that character, uh, for his arc and his story. Um, it made a big section of his game. Like he's even talked about it later that he didn't anticipate the things that ended up happening. And he liked the way that it ended up for his character. So
0: yeah, you and Stan had a similar response. Um, does that mean that you specifically, uh, to, to you, Brandon, um, used, like, indefinite men, something that was personal to that character, or you just inflicted, like, a status effect on them and they really liked that? Because it sounds like it's the
4: former... So, uh, I did both. Uh, he, and I don't know how spoilery it becomes. If this mm. is a DM roundtable. table, assuming, for... we're talking to mostly DMS. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Um, but we do like TOA... to, we like to
0: highlight any specific campaign spoilers at the beginning, but yes, this should be obviously DMS or GMS only.
4: <laughs> yeah. So, so in TOA, there's a section, um, his, I'll try to concisely tell his story arc. Um, they had had an NPC with them on their way to, um, Omu and, uh, due to poor spell usage, he ended up killing a pretty major NPC that was going to come online in Omu. Mm. And, um, as a result of killing her, he tried to make amends with, uh, the factions she was associated with. And by making amends, it was that he had to go through the ritual that, uh, Chris's character Mannix went through. Yes. Yes. um, (laughs) And uh, that became the indefinite madness. The thing is, is it just kind of intensified a flaw that he already had. We rolled randomly. Uh, I like random rolls. I think it, it, it excites me and the players together. Mm-hmm. And his was the one that was, I'm the smartest, wisest, strongest, fastest, and most beautiful person I know. <laughs> and he really tried to like emphasize a lot of those features after the fact. Um, and that was really cool. Uh, the one section of... Um, Uh, short-term madness i ended up using was toward the end of that same scenario in the um again i don't know how spoilery i'm i can be but there's a a fight just before the final fight and there were um mimic clones of them and he happened to have one of them uh remorselessly, he killed that clone, and I decided kind of spur of the moment to make him roll on a madness table at that point, Mm. um, because he, in essence, killed a version of himself. And um, he ended up getting the one where you had to attack the nearest person to you for the next minute. So it helped me kind of use the characters, like uh stuff for a little bit uh because they had to defend against their own party member for a little bit just before another pretty big fight so it was it was fun i i, I enjoyed the whole process and it made me want to try to use those tables more
2: Turned your player into gaston from Beauty yeah. And the Beast. yeah yeah very,
4: very much he <laughs> he, he uh-huh. played into it too yeah.
2: oh that sounds like the best thing ever like i've already seen like five of these that i want to do
0: yeah look flipping through the book yeah it's funny how when we think of madness, you think specifically of, like, like the Elder Tor, like, you're just clawing at your own face, you're just babbling or going insane, but the madness tables actually include just, like, uh, interesting, hopefully, character, uh, how am I trying to describe it, like...
2: Well, you gave me madness in Tomb of Annihilation a couple of times.
0: Yeah, that one...
2: Like where I had to constantly like sharpening my blade.
0: Yeah, that's that's right. They they drove yeah.
2: everyone crazy because I kept going sheek,
0: sheek. <laughs> Cause Tomb has the Mad Monkey Mist, which is literally like rolling clouds of madness inducing mist, which uh-huh. is hilariously fun for a DM to use. And that came into play, I think, several times. And that one, I believe, was long-term madness because it lasted for... Hours. Hours. Yeah, and that one was like... Uh, I think uh, Rochelle's character thought she could fly, which was really <laughs> fun for a bit. Mm-hmm. And, and like your your point, um, it can be really fun to roleplay those for, for a lot of characters too. But the player... Ha- there has to be a buy-in for the players to really get into it. Um. And I, and to what I was saying earlier, like when we think of madness, we literally think of the like Eldritch horror stuff. But really, it's not. It's just kind of some quirk. It's almost a lot of these are just like quirky traits or flaws that are just kind of goofy.
1: And uh, that's kind of what happened in my situation. Is character went through a a very traumatic resurrection, rate. Um, Like it was it was something. Yeah, you're you're not going to be the same when you come out of this, and. So we, I rolled on the, had a role on the indefinite madness table and we got that, uh, I keep what I find. Mm. And it's like, you know, kind of like, all right, we can roll on that with the, you know, like security needs, stuff like that. I all player team.
0: characters do that in general, <laughs> just no, grab it, and keep it, everything.
1: It, this was, remember, this is my girls team that like works together like seal team six. I mean, mm. <laughs> these are, they, this were a tight group. Problem is, she had the background of jeweler. So anytime the party found jewels, they just gave them to her, anyways, because she was going to be the one to be able to sell them for top dollar. No one noticed that she had it.
0: <laughs> had the madness?
1: Yeah, they hmm. didn't notice. Like you know, she's like just taking more treasure than she normally would. <laughs> no one cared. And <laughs> like legit, it was like the biggest letdown. The perfect, perfect you know, crime. I got this indefinite <laughs> madness going on and no one can it just fit the character too well. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, I can roll with that. And just move it from a 5 on the scale to a 7 and I'm good.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, I, at that point I'm going, I can do better than this and that's when I left the charts.
0: Yeah, tell me about your modifications.
1: Um it became much more story driven um where starting applying some of the character's backgrounds and you know, we were doing um Court of the dragon queen going into tyranny of dragons and you th- they went into this like we can't leave these cultists these are nasty people they're committing atrocities there is no court system out here so they just started massacring anytime they were into cultists they just massacre them and one of the person's background you know their backstory was they were basically the art teacher for a bunch of nobles and due to you know personal tragedy they became an adventurer. Well, you start saying, what's my day job now? I'm massacring cultists. (laughs) Six months ago, I was teaching preschool art. (laughs) And so that character, they kind of chose to step into like PTSD. And it it was, it got to a point where, you know, due to personal reasons, they needed to, you know, uh, needed to step out of the game or whatnot. They wrote it in themselves of, I'm sick. I've got a problem. Hmm. I need to go home and get help. This isn't right. And everybody around the table was going, yeah, you're right. Ara. You are pretty messed up. You need to go home.
0: Saying <laughs> So it's a self-imposed. Yeah,
1: yeah it was kind of a, a, you know, we started playing on that PTSD angle. Um, I have another character right now that their backstory is really, 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 really messed up. And they're, they started off the game using this character with PTSD mm. that they are very cold, very withdrawn, almost non-commutative until they face a certain type of enemy. And then it's lights on and they take over. They start running the party. Mm. And everyone's like, what happened? He knows what he's doing. We're going to follow him. But what happened? They is that, is that a secret
3: party. from the other? Yeah. Part.
1: That's, part, that's part of their backstory. Mm. Of why they're that way but they're a paladin and when they come into un- when they fight undead he comes alive and his personality comes out and he starts barking orders and you know just really animated and gets the job done and then he sinks back into his shell hmm. I guess that is considered a madness in some ways
0: um, should madness be used Mechanically or narratively. This is for anybody. This is kind of a
3: this is kind of a conundrum I'm running into. Is the the group that I'm playing? There's only a few of them that like to get into character, and they've only a couple of them have given me a backstory so I can write them into the game. And the other ones are just there just to roll dice. And hey, I'm for that. I'll I'll so I run a whole bunch of encounters, and so I'm looking at to. For, and for the Indefinite Madness, combining some of these, even some of the short-term ones, kind of, they're much more, they're much heavier if they are indefinite. But, because I'm trying to get, like, actions and, since they're not gonna role-play it much, I'm trying to figure out what will engage them with this madness.
0: Yeah, it seems like judging by the book that short term is literally designed to mess up combat encounters specifically. Like they only last, is it minutes? Okay, which is basically a combat encounter. And they all do something that wouldn't, I think, matter outside of combat with very specific, like I guess you could be in a trap situation, like a door or something Mm -hmm. or a. Yeah, so you could be stunned, you could fall unconscious for a couple minutes, and that could still matter if you were in like a you know, a room filling up with water or something for sure. But a lot of these are specifically like you're knocked out or you're paralyzed or you're frightened or incapacitated or whatever else during your turn, essentially. So short term madness feels like specifically something you can inflict upon uh player characters uh as a penalty for, you know, witnessing something or uh just whatever reason their morale's low or something yeah, um, whereas long term and indefinite are way more narrative focused, which is those are the ones that require your players to buy into wanting to role play those effects um indefinite is like straight up new character flaws it's right, you know it's just a series of interesting like things that can and it's it's those things that. You know, a character uh, like what Brandon was saying, like they can either just roll with it and and have a lot of fun with it, or you could very quickly forget about it. I think I think Chris's because we talked about Manix's uh, transformation in Tomb of Annihilation uh, was supposed to have like an invisible friend or something, and I, <laughs> I feel like we kind of forgot about that as of like the next session. Um, and that it just kind of varies. You know, it depends on the group, and depends on if that was a, a thing at the forefront of. You know, when we think about that character, if, if that ends up being a thing or not, so you win some, you lose some.
4: And was that long- the same one that was the, um but like, buff unseen servant type? I can't remember. I think so. Yeah, that that was a joke.
0: Yeah, we made that joke about his unseen servant, and then I think when he selected his madness, I think he adopted the fact that like he talks to his unseen servant or something, or or views it yeah. as his friend, but. But then I think we went into the mega dungeon and I don't think you ever cast that spell again. Right. Or something right. happened where it just never came up.
2: I think it was more the... We kind of made it more into a joke. The fact that George could see the unseen servant. So he could see the buff with the six pack and the tiny loincloth. So it was more the joke versus the remembering the madness.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: That's just kind of a gag.
2: Yeah.
1: Um the long-term
0: ones are an interesting compromise between narrative and Should mechanical. Which one do you want? I've discovered I really like killing people. I mean that's most player characters to be fair. <laughs> I feel like Cales already <laughs> had that one. Um because these are these do have some mechanical changes to them. You're blinded which i think definitely happened to Rochelle's character like multiple times i feel like or was that a that was a that was a lingering injury i think actually
2: mm-hmm. yeah you rise out a couple
0: times yeah i mean Especially you on sessions when she wasn't there. <laughs> you lose the ability to speak you fall unconscious for literally hours you could be out for a whole like that's just not even fun um are something with intense revulsion. It's... So a lot of these are... And by the way, I'm, I'm looking literally at the Dungeon Master's Guide, the Madness Tables. Um, That's an interesting compromise between... They, they would have some mechanical effects, but I think you'd have to be careful. Like, I would not want to render one of my player characters unconscious for several hours if I know that they're, you know, in the middle of a dungeon crawl or something, and that's just going to take them out of the session. Like, that's just not that's not memorable in a good way.
3: <laughs> right. And the other thing I've been thinking about is kind of adopting the madness that the berserker has, the charlatan berserker because it has a Shardland madness.
0: That's true. And I so, forgot to It's
3: so you you roll a d6 at the start of its turn and if you roll a 1, it just stands there and does nothing and speaks. To... And all of my players I'm going through the going through the um across the uh, rhyme maiden currently and so they've all had encounter with this Charlene. so it would be very easy to slide in that way and that would be a way to use the short term every time just until they figure out oh no there's something going on there's something i need to fix otherwise every time i roll one before my turn i'm gonna fall over unconscious
0: yeah so i i modified that we um I've allowed my players to... I don't want to get too spoiler into Rhyme, because obviously my players are still playing that game. Yep. Um, But uh, I modified it to where... I think I I started with the short-term madness table, and I may have changed that table up a little bit. But essentially, whenever you miss an attack with a shardle weapon, you then have to make a save. I had a little system for that. And then if you failed the save, then you had to roll on the short-term madness table. I don't know if it was the exact short-term madness table or one that I slightly tweaked. Mm-hmm. Instead of just basically losing your turn cuz I, well, I, some of them might be like you you're stunned or something, which is functionally the same thing, but um but the thing is on my rules, I I said that it only lasted for the next turn. It was not for minutes because I specifically did not want a player to literally miss with their attack, fall unconscious, and be out for the rest of the fight. Like, that's just not enjoyable. So I did tweak that one a right. bit. Right, yeah, yeah. For the same reason, I didn't... I mean, it's the same thing as, like, I guess the Shardell and Berserker rolls a one, but I just thought the short-term madness table kind of opened up some more possibilities and made it a little bit more interesting um, for when the players want to use it.
1: But yeah, that's Let's an example
0: that. of using the, the short-term ones as, uh, as a mechanical thing.
1: Yeah, I like the short or the indefinite. I'm not a fan of the long-term table. Um, like you said, it that I think has much more serious ramifications for like a session, maybe two sessions. Yeah. Depending on, you know, like if you're doing like Dungeon of the Mad Mage or something where it is room to room dungeon crawl and you might be on a level for three, you know, three sessions. You know, that and that may only take, you know, two hours in game. Well, if you've got a ten-hour long-term madness, yeah, you're not going to have a good time,
0: right? Yeah, because a lot of these—I mean, some of them are interesting. Like you're you basically become like, uh, what is it—obsessive-compulsive or vivid hallucinations. Like those could be very. In- I still I would want them to last for hours and hours. It'd be really honestly. I think it'd be like DM, um however long the DM wants it to last, essentially, like, whether it lasts that session or whatever else, but it needs to be not for potentially day... I mean, it's... it's 1D10 well, 10 times 10 hours. That could be 100 hours, right?
1: Yeah. You're talking four days.
0: Yeah, four fucking days. So, you know, if you're traveling over land, it doesn't fucking matter, but if you're... Yeah, like I so said, if you're in the middle of a dungeon, like, you know, you're 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 running on seconds and minutes, so it's going to be a bad time if you're fucking blinded that whole time. Or you, literally one of them is you fall unconscious. Your character is unconscious and specifically says no amount of jostling or damage can wake the character. So you're just fucking done for potentially days. That is not enjoyable in any way.
1: You know, your Goliath Barbarian is now unconscious for days. Yeah. You want to carry that around?
3: Yeah, no. <laughs> or your spellcaster loses the ability, ability to speak, you no longer have a Spellcaster. Yeah, exactly. Well, In some sense, I mean, well,
2: spellcasting is terrible. So bad again.
0: Right. The big you, you lose out the big ones.
2: Yeah, the pretty ones.
0: Yeah, that that's that one's pretty nasty. I would be very careful about running the long term madness table as is, without either very much modifications or be it like, all right, it's one hour like max. <laughs> See, like to me, when or I'm cured on a is... long rest.
2: Like with some modifications, these would be great intros into like a one shot. Yeah, your character has this. Yeah, and and you're just going into a one shot. Uh,
0: yeah, I think that that's actually a great idea to use. Um, different uh, some of these mat or, or the indefinite ones too.
2: Yeah, like the lucky charm. You can't you, you have to be within thirty th- feet of it? Or you have disadvantage on your attack rolls, ability checks, all that.
0: Just a random item. Yeah,
2: it could be like some pebble. Yeah. Just like just something crazy. Or that that
1: one's fun if it's another character. Exactly.
4: (laughs) Just get close to them.
1: Now the original
4: question was about, you know, mechanical versus narrative effects. And I think mm-hmm. it's like most things in D&D is that it's really both combined, right? Like yeah. the regular conversation of how mechanically it's used to tell a narrative story. I think all of us know that, but that's the fun part, right? It's weaving those things. And I, I like I had mentioned earlier, I like rolling on the tables. I like the randomness of it to improvise the scenario. While we've been sitting here talking, I was wondering if there was a way to use these madness tables In place of some of the exhaustion um problems right exhaustion was one of the conversations that you guys have had a while back um and and i i'm trying to figure out if it's too aggressive right the unconscious one that's too aggressive for um uh an an exhaustion thing but the lucky charm thing or just like a quirk that instead of a disadvantage on all ability checks maybe you just have the one that's on the strength and dexterity ones um that you can maybe try to use those of for exhaustion situations as the long-term madness and maybe make them more effective than just... Um, but it goes back into that fiat, right? The DM fiat. You you have mm-hmm. to be able to decide, hey, these make sense to do it in this situation and
1: these don't, so. Right.
2: On Figuring out a way to peaceably merge both the madness and exhaustion. Mm-hmm. Exhaustion is just... Honestly, it's... hmm But... If you add that little bit of a... It's got got flavor. Yeah, yeah, that flavor. But, okay, you might not get disadvantaged. But now you can't be, like, 30 feet away from someone's pants. (laughs) From someone's (laughs) pants.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I swear, officer, I can't be 30 feet away from... (laughs) Uh, That's
1: how these training orders get written. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like
0: Madness could be uh, the... The lingering injury for all your mental stuff. Oh, that'd be cool. Because right now we use the lingering injuries for uh you know, going down to zero hit points. Uh and then it affects you physically in some way. So you you know, your arm is broken or you're missing an eye, or you've got uh physical head trauma.
1: I'd say instead of that concussion, you're starting to roll on madness tables. Yeah. got <laughs> okay, hang on, I don't know if I like this now. <laughs> you want more barbarian like seeing double and all
0: this stuff? That would be great. <laughs> I got two axes, one for the both of yous.
2: Should I make it to attack four times?
0: No, you think you do. You but you're like really that. just drooling into the snow.
2: I, I mean, <laughs> with my character, that's a given.
0: hmm yeah, that could be more uh, yeah, exhaustion is a separate topic, but madness. Madness has the potential to be more interesting because uh the players could have fun with it if it's the right table. I don't I think short-term madness is a pretty effective table when it comes to just having some kind of punishing like paralyzing effect on the player. And I think the uh indefinite one is a good way of just inserting another flaw, although honestly, I think we could all come up with a, probably a D100 list of like interesting flaws. To Bestow upon player characters. Um, Long term, you could probably pick and choose some of the ones out of there, but you'd probably just treat it as the short term madness table.
2: Probably well, we definite madness the characters as your campaign is like going because yeah. a lot of these campaigns last for months and months mm-hmm. as your character evolves. Think of The craziness the things like this top one, like being drunk keeps me saying I go right to Celeste with the fact she now starts (laughs) drinking. Yeah. (laughs) And so it's like one of those that could be very cohesive and organic that now you have a new flaw and they don't know it comes from a madness table, Mm -hmm. but it's now their new flaw.
1: Yeah. It well Celeste would be an example of a self imposed yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. That's yeah, that's true. And it doesn't have any kind of uh, mechanical thing saddled with it, you know. It doesn't like because I think about if a video game, if I had a, if I literally took the flaw, like you know, being drunk keeps me sane, then it would it would be saddled with some kind of mechanical thing where it'd be like, oh, you have to drink, you know, a you have to click use on one bottle of alcohol every couple hours, or you have these debuffs or something. Um, Have
3: options
1: now, Eric.
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But. But what I think what we're saying is, like, narratively, you don't really have to do that. You don't. You You can just have fun with it and just do the narrative thing, and your players will be into it if they want to be into it in a way that they might not be into it if it came with all of that uh, mechanical baggage on top of it. I already have enough. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's also a good point. Yeah, I don't know if you wanted an extra thing. Because that's kind of what the lingering injuries are, right? It's an extra thing you have to keep up with, like, oh, wait, do I have disadvantage on this? Because I've got... You know, an actual broken leg this whole time, or whatever else.
2: I'm pretty sure I'm still having a concussion, and I've never never... I never just never because I never pass. I never passed the call.
0: Yeah, that can be hard to keep track of, <laughs> especially when it happens like literally real life, like months and months ago too. Um, anything else about uh madness specific? Has anybody run a a campaign where? Madness would be a thing, like an actual eldritch horror or uh, just gothic horror or any kind of theme where horror and madness would play a big role.
1: I have not, no.
0: Yeah. it been all high fantasies or epic fantasies. No Curse of strads? Who's played Curse of Strahd? It's a popular one. <laughs>
3: Actually, this is my first lengthy campaign I've ever DM'd.
0: And I think well I don't want to spoil it too much, but Rhyme of the Frostmaiden uh can be uh can elicit some of those in certain areas for sure of the horror and madness themes. Although they they hyped it up as being the big like, you know, horror in the north, you know, freezing uh story, and I don't think it hit those notes as written. I think uh DMs could certainly modify it that way if they wanted to run a very horror-themed campaign, they absolutely could. Um, mine is generally not, but I think it can be fun if certain areas are specifically horror themed. So I don't know about running an entire campaign that's horror, but at least for my players, I don't think we'd, that would be sustainable, but I could see us, you know, running a campaign and then you get into a, a haunted ha- house dungeon basically with like a creepy backstory and scenario or a haunted forest or something. So I could see running, like, several linked sessions together that would do that kind of thing. And then I would absolutely look at, you know, Madness, and um, I assume nobody here has done, like, the sanity point system thing then? Because that's also included on page 265 of your Dungeon Master's Guide. They have a system for uh, tracking your sanity. Because a lot of the... Uh, it's it's really popular with the Cthulhu stuff, right? It's... Um, and. We're into board, we, we as in me and my wife are really into board games and uh, Cthulhu and like he's public domain is a very popular theme for board games. And so a lot of them, you, you know, Arkham Horror and Eldritch Sign and all those uh, Mansions of Madness all use uh, sanity as a like a secondary uh, health pool to hit points. You've got like hit points and sanity points. And, and you know if you play video games like Darkest Dungeon, a lot of those games have do the same thing, where like, your characters can die physically, or they can quote, die mentally by having your sanity points be depleted. Um, I don't think any of that is written as, as how you know, uh, D&D normally operates, but that's certainly an interesting thing that you could result in. I think the rules in the Dungeon Master's Guide don't go that deep into it. I think it's just, it, it forces you to make uh, saves if you hit a certain threshold or something. But, um, yeah, if nobody's done it, then we don't have to discuss it, but it's just, uh, it's an interesting system. Oh, we've got baby Agro. Okay. Yeah, you got it. Um,
1: so the only other experience I had was way back in the uh, early nineties. I was playing Robotech. Oh, and, um, uh, I actually played a character that, uh, had a, had due to a very low mental endurance stat, the GM, imposed at character creation a long-term madness, if you will. Um, It gave him the Pizarro effect, psychosis. If you know Pizarro from the Conquistadors, uh, he was always trying to win his father's favor, so whenever there was the largest group of enemies, he would wade right in. And that's how he kept getting promoted, was he was the fiercest fighter that the Spanish had. So my character, whenever we would get outnumbered, which is common in Robotech, you get outnumbered twenty to one. I would go full. I wasn't allowed to do anything defensive. I had to, to go pure offense, huh. and that was the mechanic. I would, we would impose the Pizarro effect, and he would just go on this homicidal murder hobo rampage, and all the other characters around the table. No one ever figured out what was going on. They mm-hmm. just thought I was crazy, while well, I was. <laughs> and I never brought I never brought an aircraft back. Every mech. I never came back with a functional mech. They had to tow me back to base every single time.
0: <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> like,
1: they said, you, are the mo- you have the most kills and you are the most expensive pilot we have.
0: Mm. <laughs> um, any final thoughts about using madness, whether mechanically or narratively or both, in our D&D campaigns? We're going to start with
4: uh brandon i think it can definitely be used um in the right situations but it does take player buy-in to make it effective and i know there's a lot of times you can throw things at players that hit and some things just don't um but yeah i definitely think there's a time and place to use madness
0: uh kyle give me your final thoughts on using madness
3: I'm very excited to see what, especially the ones that do enjoy um, role-playing at my party, I'm very excited to see what happens with this madness. I think I'll probably start using more short-term as, um, as penalties, because I really like some of those.
0: Yeah, I think it can be pretty enjoyable. And I hope the, the longer ones work out for you. I don't know if the if we would say the general advice is to is to just roll randomly and roll with it. Maybe your players enjoy that or try and suss out maybe what their, you know, what would make sense for their player characters and use that. That's ultimately going to be a decision that you'll have to make. Um, But I know a lot of folks like rolling, uh, you know, those, those random tables.
3: Right. I'm definitely going to mess with those tables to fit my players so that they
1: have a better chance of fitting them.
0: There you go. Uh, Stan, final thoughts on using madness
1: kind of going uh introducing a little bit of a new a new slant but also be careful what, uh, what you do at your table kind of like your session zero rules not everybody's going to be cool with this um it can work it can make for some great story but you can also hit some trigger points with some people too around your table so just like anything else use it with caution
0: that's an excellent point like mental trauma is no fucking joke um we never want to make light of that Always make sure um, your characters are on board with whatever you're doing. Um, you know, make sure you're not broaching any subjects or topics or anything that nobody, that the entire party isn't comfortable with. Um, that should go without saying, but it's also it is important to say that. Um, so make sure it's all uh, acceptable to use because a lot of the stuff, you know, some of it can be fun, quirky stuff, and other times it's very serious and dark stuff. And sometimes players do want to explore. The serious dark stuff and you know if everybody's um, consenting to it and mature about it then you can certainly go there um, or which is more my table we can just you know joke around and uh, have fun with goofy uh, you know weird quirks and stuff too that's uh, and that could be a really fun way to play D&D Uh, I think that will do it for this month's DM Roundtable. Thank you to Stan, Kyle, Brandon, and special guest Heather, who unfortunately just had to step away to take care of our youngest and thank you to all the wonderful patrons shout out to platinum patrons joe will tiny dancer christopher thomas adam stan alex cam william i'm loud and lachlan baird and gold patrons rpg paper crafts pretty boy and yuma marcus dead lizard lounge sam ross lumpy spuds drome sklenia nick blood angel Ronus, bamboo baboon nathan fast like a tortoise james and kyle i am eric and i hope to see you all again for next month's dm roundtable discussion